Jocko, and what do you know? It's Sunday. Happy Sunday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rabbit Holes, where everything and anything is on topic. Uh, Sarah is on the road. She's getting booked. So um, flying solo. Going to be flying solo a little bit until Comic-Con. Uh, some special guests coming back on in the next couple weeks. Uh, a lot of change going on over here. So for those of you that don't know, um, Facebook used to host our podcast, but then uh, I kind of got rid of podcast hosting in the last couple of weeks. So uh, I've been kind of scrambling to find a replacement for that because I found out that quite a few of you were listening on the Facebook. So I wanted to make it possible for that to still be possible. So the cool part about that is I've been hiding in my cave uh, nonstop trying to convert all of the previous episodes from this point. Uh, to video, so that way not only it will be on Facebook again, and then it will then also be on YouTube. Uh, wasn't really planning on a YouTube uh, video coverage of the show until season two, but guess what? Got to upgrade to keep competing. So that's the way that we're going to go. Uh, so what will happen is is the OG episodes will come out on Sunday, and then it will distribute on Facebook and YouTube the next day. And that's pretty much just because the, the workload process still kind of a, a solo operation, trying to get everything uh, perfect before we uh, take on some staff here, which uh, for as busy as we are, uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, but um, we're still taking PSAs. Always love sharing uh, community announcements. So feel free to use that PSA submission form in the show notes. Also, uh, next week, tip submission line will be coming. Uh, I've been receiving a um, decent amount of tip submissions on Instagram, uh, Messenger, uh, and even direct to email. Thank you, folks, for uh, sending in these story ideas. Uh, really helps me like connect with the people more, and so like since I felt it was the biggest thing that people were actually connecting with the show on was tips. I'm gonna be making a tip submission form this week, and so next week be on the lookout in the show notes, and I'll probably even back backdate it into all of the older show notes, so that way it can always be there no matter where you click on us. Uh, and uh, yeah, really hoping to see where these tips take us. Uh, there's some very interesting ones that I received, but I cannot divulge about right now because of how sensitive they are. So um, hoping to have headway on them soon and be announcing small pieces and then hopefully uh, some specialty segments in the future for uh, these tips that have been submitted. Um, candidate interviews, because of that whole Facebook thing, um, I did delay the last release of the last interview I took and I kind of had to take a break from doing more interviews because of that Facebook glitch. So tomorrow after all of the old episodes uh, start going back online, the new ones will come up and follow suit. I will be sending out uh, more questionnaires to more candidates that it's now time to catch up with them on that scale. But then I will also be combining it because now that we are getting closer to the primaries, some people are finally coming out of woodwork, are finally having time in their busy, busy, busy schedule to uh, interview with the show. So I think at this point, just because there's so many candidates all the way up until primaries, we're just going to do the uh, the first 15 to 20-minute interview 
and then the questionnaire. And then we'll talk uh, longer interviews and debate systems after we kind of weed out you know, everybody in the primaries, because that's a lot less on our plate. It makes it a lot easier on me, I'll tell you what. So uh, with that being said, on to community announcements. Uh, In November of 2020, Maui County residents voted in favor of establishing the Department of Ag. All right, guys, Uh, we talked about this uh, with some candidates previously. Uh, The Ag Department is finally seeing some real growth. So uh, an agricultural working group was established in 2021 to come up with the initial recommendations and guidance for the establishment of the Department of Agriculture. All right, so Mayor Victorino selected the department's director and deputy director, and they're in the process of completing their pre-employment screening process, and he will announce his selections for the new department's leadership on July 6th. So that means we will tell you who those people are next week's show. All right, so stay tuned for that on updates. Also, the county of Maui has acquired 51.3 acres in West Maui for a purchase price of $2 million from Maui Land and Pineapple Company. So they're going to develop that into a county park. The land is uh, located in Maui's side of the highway and on the Lahana side of Maui Prep Academy. Um, I mean, it's cool that there's going to be a park there. We really need... Good excuses to conserve land. Maybe they could even, like, you know, put some just, you know, free to the public ag on that, maybe. You know, like, community grow areas. Or maybe even just putting out vegetables and fruits that are natural to the region, that are maintained by, you know, the Parks and Rec Department and then checked on by the Ag Department. And then that way, like, if people are just hungry on the street, they'd be like, yeah, brah, I'm going to eat that. And that's it. And then, like, there's never there's never an issue for people going hungry. Mm, use some of that. Also, uh, if we save in parks right now, Giggle Hill, hint, hint. Come on, guys. Please, 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 please. Um, also, uh, final announcement, uh, Maui, United Way's annual tools for school drive. Um, the school drive uh, provides essential supplies to children on Maui, Molokai, and Lanai uh, for the school year. And it runs through July 15th. Uh, there are multiple drop-off locations that will be open from 9 to 4. I will list those in the show notes. And there will also be an awesome little link to make donations. So then that way, if you can't make it in time to actually... Uh, Drop something off, you can just give them a little column, spread a little cheddar, you know, or maybe even like pick something on Amazon and then have it shipped to that place. That's another good thing, too. Also, like, think about that is like, uh, if you're gonna buy those supplies, try to get them as locally sourced as possible. I mean, I know that's kind of hard to think about, but like, if it's, you know, kind of like a two, two for one there. If you could help that out. So try to buy it from a place that needs the money most, um, especially since it's not really going to go in any Hawaiian's pockets if you take that purchase at Walmart. Uh, so and then even if you was going to do that, you might as well just go on Amazon and order something on there and get it even cheaper, probably better quality than what Walmart gives you. Anyways, I'm a ramble, ramble, rambling. Um, more up next after a word from Newsly. Moving forward.
We live in a fast-paced world where many people are too busy to sit down and read books or news articles. But thanks to Newsly, you can now listen to the news you wish you had the time to read. By utilizing AI technology, a natural human voice reads you the news, helping you grasp the information faster and more efficiently. Newsly provides the latest news updates 24-7, letting you browse articles from topics you choose. It even has podcasts, including ours. And listeners of Rabbit Holes can get their first 30 days of premium for free, allowing you to enjoy an ad-free experience by using the special promo code in our episode description. So download Newsly today for free on iOS and Android or visit www.newsly.me so you can stay updated on the things that matter to you. Local, state, and county news. Maui County Council recommended approval of a measure to make affordable housing affordable. Or at least try to keep it affordable. Uh, a 5-3 vote brought it forward and now heads for the first reading. Um, this is Bill 107. And it would change the area median income price guidelines for affordable housing. So that means that sales prices will be calculated based on total housing costs capped at 31% of gross annual income. Now, see, this has kind of, uh, this is a, a great step in the right direction. But if you notice, there were three people that were against it. And then there were people that came out and said stuff against it, whether it be in the papers or on the social media, et cetera, at all. Um, and um, it's it's very interesting how the second that you want to try to help people or try to even help fix a market because, like, housing is going unchecked. And I don't know if people realize this, but, I mean, like, if you could keep affordable housing down to a certain median range, it's going to keep those that cap pretty low, which I got to say, like, Real estate developers are making money hand over fist. So I don't see why they should have any problems with this. Also, I don't think this has anything to affect on like the crony deal that still exists with how many, you know, uh, how many affordable homes you have to make after or when you make your, you know, multi-million dollar gentleman estates. So like, don't let these people fool you into thinking you're taking like food off their plate or something because their interest is making interest these days, folks. So um, the naysayers on this one, they just need to go off into the little poo-poo corner and just uh, party pooper elsewhere. Uh, and as for those developers, we'll just be making sure to keep a keen eye on you during the election season and see where your money is spent because, uh, you know, those are available statistics to the public. So we're going to be checking on filings this year. There's quite a few interesting candidates that we've noticed that are taking money from real estate developers. There are interesting candidates who've been taking money from uh, out-of-state organizations. And we'd like to find out where those come from. So uh, really digging the amount of candidates who have said, pledged, and or have followed through on uh, keeping it local. I mean, you know, it is kind of a, you know, I'm not saying to directly endorse one candidate here or any other, but um, the nickel and dime candidates are the ones you're going to want to talk to because those are people who actually care. 
Okay, the guy who can go out and sink a whale and get $25,000 for his campaign is not going to care about the little guy. So you really need to be looking at if someone's asking you for a dollar, it means that they're saying no to 25,000 evil dollars. All right. So money means a lot right now in an election. I know people hate to say that, like, votes are bought. But really, like the politician, the politician's the one that you got to, you know, like if they're going to go in full time on this, a lot of these people, like some of them are still working their job. Some of them would love to be able to quit their job to do their campaign because then that way they could afford to tackle the issue as they're approaching office and they could be more available. So think about that. Uh huh. Not only should you be voting local, you know, watch out for carpetbaggers and carpetbagging money, kids. So I really just see that the people that are against uh, affordable housing are people that are bought by the real estate industry and uh, the sales industry of that. All right. Uh, speaking, <laughs> speaking of eyesores, uh, Maui County Council also seeks to take na- the Napili house via eminent domain. I think that is some smart, tricky shit right there, peeps. Good on you, all right? These are ways that, like, we're, we're working to take it back. And this is where, like, folks, y'all need to see it, locals, Kanakas alike, who are fighting for the Aina, who are trying to at least make things right. You can't just turn back the hands of time, but every once in a while you can get a good right hook in, or maybe you can, like, set a couple chess pieces in place or even, like, you know, kick a few dominoes over. But it really, it takes little things like this. So, like, if you want to make long-term change, things like Bill 107 and things like, you know, telling people what they can't do and then upholding it. Like there were rules in place already that said that this thing couldn't go the way that it went. And then the guy was like, I like try anyway, you know? And then he just like, dude, come on. That's just bad form day, bro. Uh, So this is, this is the right case of being spanked by, uh, by the powers that be, this is this is power to the people right here, as far as I'm concerned, because this this fits in with, you know, protecting Maui, keeping Maui Maui, you know, because one eyesore gets approved and then another eyesore gets approved, and the next thing you know, it everybody's singing Wamanalo blues, bro, and y'all don't want to be doing that, okay? So before you want to strike a tear and pick up that ukulele, bro, just no, bro, just. Think about this. There are a lot of things that we could be doing hand-in-hand with our government as we become part of our government. So we got a lot of cool people running for county council that will do things like this. You need to be able to pay attention who's on the ballot that's being willing to play badass bureaucrat because that's what they are. That's what they are going to be for us if you think about those candidates. Those are the people that are actually, they, they know what the job does. They can figure it out. And then they also know how to get out to the people and do it for the people as opposed to sitting, you know, up on their little throne, hidden in the clouds, taking outside money. So think about that. All right. So uh, anybody that's uh, on the side of this guy, I don't really think there is, you know, from what I know going down the Peely side. <laughs> like, I don't think anybody liked that fucking place. So excuse me. Pardon my French there. Pardon, pardon. Uh, anyways. Continuing on, um, in brighter news, Magnum P.I. is back. 
back from the dead. It got canceled. We all know that. A lot of people were grieving their jobs. A lot of good friends of mine. And fret not, fret not, young friends, for NBC picks it up for two seasons. So, hey, that's it's two two more good years of fun. So uh, props out to everybody that gets to keep their job on that one. Props out to all of y'all for the continued freaking job that you guys been doing over there because it's, it's pretty damn good for Modern Magnum. I got to say, like, I'm not a huge, like, reboot guy, redux guy, whatever. Like, there's been some shows that be like, damn, that's pretty good. And I got to say, not only out of the bias, the fact that I love many people who work in the background to make Magnum look beautiful, but I got to say, Magnum's a pretty good show. So, Check them out. Uh, and, uh, yeah, now's the time. Binge all that Magnum before it comes back because, you know, let's see if it changes a little bit, you know, because then you can look at it and go like, oh, well, if it's an NBC show now, are we still shooting everything same with same or is it going to get that NBC shine? I don't know. I guess we'll see. Only time will tell. Also, uh, looks like in due time, Little Caesars is looking to expand in Hawaii. Um I have not checked on the reception of this yet on whether people think that is a good thing or a bad thing. Make sure to let me know in the comments or even in uh, the DMs. Uh, but quite frankly, like compared to Chick-fil-A, uh, I wholly support my pizza overlords over Chick-fil-A. So like I really don't give two whips about the Chick-fil-A thing. And this kind of just became an excuse to talk about <laughs> Chick-fil-A sucks. But um but Little Caesars, you know what, actually, I'm going to put down Little Caesars for just a second and then also explain not just beyond, like, you know, where their political spending goes, which feel free to look into that and you can see exactly where their money goes. But it's just like, bro, it is the same chicken as every other freaking chicken joint. All right. They might just like package it a little differently or it might be like salted with 11 herbs instead of 23 spices. But it usually all comes on a Cisco or a U.S. food truck and it's already been like Ziploc ready to make it. A robot made that. It wasn't made with love. You want to go get some food made with love? Go up country. Eat up country. Get fat up country. Not a Chick-fil-A. Anyways, uh, Little Caesars. So like. Uh, where I side with them, I think they're actually a pretty cool um, corporation in general. I don't know many people understand like where Little Caesars comes from, but like, like the guy, uh, as I as I believe the legend goes, uh, the man behind the um, Detroit Red Wings found a Little Caesars, uh, and it's actually one of the most affordable franchises you can start on your own, and it's also a pretty easy franchise to then get out by your buy the 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 place from little caesars and then turn it into your own pizza joint which is kind of a cool thing so like for those on the continent that have kind of seen some little caesars turn into like a pizza time or a papa something other uh and it still seems like the same pizza it's because it is because they got to buy their pizza joint from little caesars so like and it's it's probably one of the last real American dream franchises because, I mean, you kind of have to have some equity to get yourselves a Mickey D's or a Burger King these days. But Little Caesars, by and large, is one of the more affordable franchises to buy in on the American dream. So from a capitalist perspective of good capitalism, uh, I support it. Uh, also, who doesn't love $5 pizza? All right. Let's just hope that it, uh, the hot and ready 
uh, sensation does not go up in price for Hawaii prices. But that's a cool thing, though. Think about this. $5 pizzas, that's going to bring down the economy because then, like, Little Caesars ordering all that cheese and all that dough and all that stuff that's going to put some things in the pipeline that aren't normally in the pipeline. So even you, like, buying some of those pizza parts at the store could go down because, you know. Um, will this affect other pizza joints on the island? I don't think so because they're good, you know. Like, the real, like, local joints that, like, know how to make a real local Maui pizza, damn, yes. Uh, we should go on an adventure for that. We'll go down that rabbit hole another time. We'll go on a Food Brothers journey for that one. But, um, you know, if you're a bad pizza joint, then maybe a Little Caesars will take you down. I mean, nine times out of ten, if I have a choice, I'm going to go to a good pizza joint. But, like, there's that, like, Thursday where, like, work is hard and, uh, you know, we're in third meal mode and there ain't no place in sight. And then it's like, oh, Little Caesars. So it is my guilty pleasure of the continent. But, you know, uh, it also seems that they're trying to offer a veteran buy-in program. So you get kind of like a discount or something that's going to work out. We'll look into that more. We'll announce it. We'll also look into the, you know, pros and cons of Little Caesars coming up. But it seems like it's going to go to Oahu first, which is cool because then at least – There'll be something I like on Oahu. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm razzing you, Oahu, but, like, I like slow, upcountry, never-leave-my-cave life. So I like to look at my paradise and uh, only come out when it's time to go to battle. So right now, sharpening swords. I will see you soon, though, Oahu. Uh, hoping to get some time out there, likely before a little Caesars opens. But when it does, we're going to have a party. We're going to have a pizza party. That's what we'll do. Yep. We're going to find out. We're going to find out if, if any of these franchises actually get owned by local veterans. Uh, and then we'll find, like, the coolest one and or whatever the flagship location is going to be. We're going to have a pizza party. I hope it's going to be good. Let's hope that there's not anything secretly bad about Little Caesars. But everything I come to understand about Love It and even, like, parts of the rolls on my body that are created because of it, it's pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um so uh, before we cut to the next segment, um, there is kind of a, a problem coming up lately on the islands, and it seems that um, fentanyl is on the rise, a recent invasion via the big island. Um, there was a sizable amount seized uh, as it was received from Washington State. Uh, to the big island. I'd love to find out how, like, it's probably just, like, on a boat or mule through somebody, but uh, we'll check into this more and, and see how it works out. Um, there have been um, some suggestions, no tips yet as to where to go asking questions about these things because, I mean, I would go asking questions in weird or scary places if people told me, but uh, there have been some questions asked to cover this more, but some people just don't have the information to come back with so i would love to hear it so uh any folks out there know anything about this or shit or just who you buy it from i'll go talk to a fucking drug dealer not past it like if it gets us the story i'll go there so uh if anybody knows uh where you get your fentanyl shit uh yours truly will gladly go find out and uh you know and we'll keep it all you know, 
top secret, bro. So, you know, if they want to be known, well, that's their problem. But if they don't want to be known, like, we uh, have confidentiality, you know, as a, as a news source. I will gladly back any confident person, especially if it's going to open up a gateway of conversation or discover other things along the way because there's plenty of things that I could find out that are public knowledge if I could figure out how they fit together in the background. So for some of you people out there, you know, reporting conspiracy or, uh, you know, yelling fire in the theater, I'd like to really know why to a degree. Uh, there's a couple stories that have been sent my way that are very, very interesting and will be delved into more as I've seen outcomes but uh, as it sits, I kind of need a hot tip on some of these. So the fentanyl thing really being one of them, uh, especially since I'd, I'd like to be able to shed light on it more from a boots on the ground perspective rather than, uh, you know, hiding in my cave or hiding on your television set like the other news stations. Um, I really feel that, like, it's it's been kind of a, a puff piece season uh, still, since we come out of COVID, I mean, I know myself, I haven't been boots on the ground enough. I haven't actually been like shaking any uh, hands or kissing any babies lately. But uh, let's try to change that. Let's try to get out of, uh, you know, the old COVID reality we kind of got used to and spring out and try to make some action on the streets. So that being said... Uh, we'll be coming at you more in just a little bit with uh, some talk on the continent and then some pop culture. But first, a little PSA. Moving forward. Did you receive a call or message that mentioned Social Security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your social security number or other personal information and tell you that your social security number had been used in connection with a crime? Did you feel worried that your social security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, or you could be arrested? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, demand your personal information or instant payment, email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they're hard to trace. Don't be fooled. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Moving forward. The Democrat war machine continues as Biden promises a bigger military presence in Eastern Europe and a permanent presence in Poland. Um, it's not too often that I have uh, any major disagreements with a sitting president, even though he is of not my party, but he is my president. I guess we got to. Uh, but, uh, you know, most of the hyperbole about him is really just hyperbole. I mean, on the state side of things, if he actually paid more attention to the state side of things, I think that his power as a balance would be great. But Democrats tend to have, well, federal Democrats tend to get lost in the world stage. And I believe in the world stage. And we do need to cohabitate as one planet uh, for we are one 
giant race of meat sacks seasoned in different flavors and colors, and we should all get along. Uh, with that being said, um, I don't. I'm just. I'm not very big on the Democrat war machine. That's half the reason why I can't stay on their side. Really, most of the time, um, you know, that's really the bigger problem to worry about instead of like fake pizza joints and other st- stupid adrenochrome nightmare like conspiracy theories. Like, there's real things to be worried about, uh, and the war machine is one of them. Um, the biggest part of it to me is the world stage distraction. I think we should be cohabitating and we should be talking on a world stage, but like it really seems once Democrats are in presidential power, they kind of get lost out there. They go on like a walkabout or a fucking rumspringer and they're like, oh, I'm president. I should go see the world. And it's like, no, bro, stop getting bringing ego jerked off by playing fucking Dungeons and Dragons with Middle East. Like, dude, just worry about your people. They kind of need you right now uh, with that being said the january 6th investigations continue uh which like i mean i know he doesn't want to get caught into that conversation just because everybody will take it as a he's going after trump before the election so that's probably why biden is as you know being as as just not there about it and just focusing on the oh by the way here's the wag you know, because it's it's just as much of a wag for him that he doesn't want to cover, you know, Trump being sussed out and everything. So but anyways, um, there are nine guys, nine leaders from the Oath Keepers organization that fully believed in their heart of hearts and their brain of brains and in their gun magazines filled to the brim that 45 was going to invoke the Insurrection Act and uh, that uh, Hefe Trump was just going to make them a federal militia, you know? And um, I'm just wondering, as they take the stand in the fall, are they either going to be stamped out, are they going to be coerced by Trump, or is Trump going to turn on them and he's just going to, like, excuse them as disturbed individuals or like like he did to his cabinet members you know there were so many people that walked out that was the sign to me it was like bro when everybody makes a mass quit because your boss is a douche canoe like really come on the writings on the wall like even nixon wasn't that dumb nixon was terrible but he wasn't that dumb and when you have a dumb leader nobody's gonna want to stick around as he's like just like screwing around all day i mean he spent half of his morning tweeting and watching the news before he got any shit done least presidential president ever like leave it at that guys trump publicans just need to like go the way of the dodo they either need to see the light or just get lost and if you don't want to see the light and fix the republican party then get lost bro because go go off and make you know Tea Party Part 3, Part 4, 500 or whatever, Leonard Part 7. I don't care. Like, there's like 187 tertiary parties. So, like, there's enough third parties, but they're all splitting the damn vote. So, until one of y'all can figure out how to make a third party feasible, which actually that would be a fun rabbit hole. Let's go down that one another day. You know what? That, that would actually be pretty cool. How do we make a new party? Interesting. You know? Um, I think we could. It wouldn't be that hard. But it's, again, it's the whole, how do you get enough people on it? Mm. We'd love to talk to the partisan people about that. In the meantime, we're nonpartisan because we uh, we can't can't party with everybody if, uh, you know, 
we choose a side on this. I mean, yours truly, you heard how I vote, but quite frankly, like, how are we as a community, you know? So, like, and I really think that this January 6th thing shed some light on it. Like, the fact that, like, we let the leader of the free world gaslight people into thinking it didn't happen, you know, or it happened by someone else. I didn't do it. He did it. And it's like, but we literally, like, saw you all on the news. We saw you all post it on your GAB accounts. We saw you all post it on your fucking whatever those other stupid, like, micro platforms are. Because that's all they really are. They're micro platforms. There isn't a lot of people on those. Like, it is, it, there are, those platforms are sm so small, people don't even want to put bots on them. That is how uninfluential they are. It's easier to put, like, one person to, like, mass control a crowd. That's, like, pretty much what true socials become, which, ooh, ooh, yeah, that's a weird-ass place. It's pretty much just a, a place to just gaslight each other into thinking that the lie is real. So, it, yeah, I'd say stay away from there. But it's, it's, it's crazy how... Trump has now, like, excusing everybody else as disturbed or he's discrediting them because they're being put on a stand in court. And most of these courts are pretty Republican-run these days, from what I can tell. So, uh, I mean, at this point, is it really a witch hunt? It's your own party's putting you on trial, bro. So it's it's not even... It's not, it's not even the Democrats. The Democrats are too busy playing war machine. The Republicans are putting Trump on trial. So it is no longer that imaginary, like, boogeyman that is attacking Trump that Trump said that was there. It, it's He's getting spanked on the butt. So you just, you got to get in line with it or you just got to move on, you know? And then the other big sign of this is Trump publicans are losing across the U.S. primaries. And even though they're being overwhelmingly outvoted and have low turnout at their events, on their Facebook pages, on their everything, they continue Trump's lie of being cheated by voter fraud. And again, the funny part is a lot of these guys are going up against other Republicans. Some of them are even going up against Trump-backed Republicans, but now that everybody's on the whole voter fraud thing, people who can't even get 4% of the vote think they were entitled to like 80% of the vote because they just have this headcanon now, you know, because they, they, they hear the headcanon of one guy and then they could just make it their own. And this is, this is not really good, you know. And then a lot of them, they're stacking the deck or they're splitting their own vote and they don't realize it. I mean, then we've got cheaters like Tina Peters in Colorado who's now facing multiple felony charges for tampering with the election. She's calling voter fraud, but she was the one actually committing the voter fraud. And again, another Trump publican. Because I'm not going to label these as Republicans anymore. These are Trump publicans. They're problem children. They, they don't understand how the system operates. They have just enough knowledge to get into trouble, but not enough mana'o to fix the world around them. So they're just causing a scene. So, and these people need to be sussed out and they need to be pointed out. And they just like, don't worry, a lot of these people will disappear after the primaries. Maybe some of them will stick around, but we will um, have no problem here calling out which is which. Uh, so, and I'm sure some of them will have no problem. We also uh, have noticed that some people running for county council seats are even denoting whether they're Democrat or Republican. So, yeah, we're definitely going to have to go into that one too. Um, but, uh, a tough subject, uh, to talk about this week, uh, Roe versus Wade. I know I've, I've talked about it multiple times. 
Uh, I've talked about multiple times for the past decade on other shows that I've been on. But um, I don't know, like, if people really understand the ramifications of what we will turn into in America if this continues to be the norm. There are far more things at play in the greater design of the human condition than just whether or not to keep the baby. Um, I do not have most of the components necessary of uh, bringing a child into this world, but I do understand the statistics. I do understand the statistics, you know, of endemic proportions at which society is affected. And it's, it's kind of alarming if people don't look at history and understand what abortion actually did for the, essentially the, not just the American food chain, but the world food chain, as far as in the sense of like the animal kingdom and our place in the Anthropocene epoch, and also like equity and inequity in a modern capitalist age. So like it's, you know, I, I would think in a country where we have the right to be free, having someone telling you what you can or cannot do with your body since we've already legally decided up to a point at which something is considered fully growing or just a goo in somebody's body. Uh, and that's a whole nother conversation. But again, as the data guy, I see it as what's going to happen over time, you know? And so there's, there's, there's some things that will happen to our economy. There will things that will happen to our consciousness uh, as a people. Uh, overpopulation will occur. Overpopulation will occur in places that we don't want it to occur. People who don't want to overpopulate will be overpopulating. And people we could definitely agree. And I'm not saying that this is eugenics. I'm saying this is human nature. These people would choose not to if they couldn't. And if we didn't have a society so hung up on creating sharia law which and that's what it really is like we you, you really want to like you want to use a term against them they're creating a sharia law you know repealing roe versus wade telling women that they can't like that's no dude you don't know you haven't been there you haven't had to hold somebody's hand while they have to make one of the toughest decisions of their life okay and it is it is a hard decision to make but then on the dystopian side of things, like, how bad does that get? You know, in case in point, Brazil. Brazil is, is a place that is uh, rife with what many would agree is unnecessary pregnancy. And stop right there before you decide to either turn me off or yell at me, uh, you know, when I say what an unnecessary pregnancy is. Because, like, um, did you know that in Brazil... More than 17,000 children aged 10 to 14 become pregnant each year. Just recently, a 10-year-old girl in southern Brazil was asked by a judge to keep her baby, a product of rape. And due to the criminalizations of abortions in Brazil, this child may have to keep that baby, even if it could kill her or the baby or the both of them. And according to that government, she, she could be a criminal if she aborts that baby. So, and these mothers are five times more likely to die in childbirth. So she's got, she's good odds in some cases, you know? And, uh, and they also have greater chances of suffering uterine ruptures, preeclampsia, anemia, 
you know, and and for the level of like Gilead that Brazil is in, uh, case in point, back in 2020, another 10 year old girl, she was raped by her uncle, you know, and then she was publicly shamed to keep the baby. So she was publicly shamed to keep an incest baby and she sought an abortion. And shortly after that, she was targeted. The people at the abortion clinic were targeted. Anybody that helped her along the way was targeted and was threatened to be killed, publicly hung, etc. And uh, she has actually had to go into witness protection. So for those of you out there that are allies uh, in the fight for Roe, you have to realize how much more that you have to be stepping up to the plate now. Um, it's It's really disturbing in America at how many trigger laws and prepared laws that have been going into place in some of these local establishments. Some of these states have been preparing for Roe to be struck down. In the same way that some people that have been trying to uphold it, there have been just the right wrong people hiding in the background creating laws, weird little blue laws that really only go out to protect rapists, which is really fucking crazy when you think about it because, pardon my French, anyways, but no, it really, it's, man, it, it's, it's, it makes underage rape and incest a valid excuse, like, in keeping the baby now, like, because then it, 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 it criminalizes every form of abortion to the point to where like people don't realize how much of a statistic that is and how much of a statistic it can be you know it's it's crazy that like the trumpublicans have been like pushing that like democrats and allied republicans were harvesting baby embryos and trafficking children yet here's the far right putting a target on your daughters labeling them as a vessel and restricting their freedom Okay, America has continually proven under its current model that it supports rape, especially by promoting multiple alleged rapists to the highest court in the land. Roe v. Wade was eventually going to fall apart when you let rapists on the bench of the Supreme Court. Okay, and while they're after your daughters, let's not forget that you're after your mother too. All right, Mother Earth. All right, the they've now decided on ideological lines that the EPA does not have the authority to regulate industry greenhouse gas emissions. WTF, mate. Come on, bro. Like, really? So now we, we, we've we just, like, they have, like, opened. This is, like, the worst, like, case ever of, like, open the book of shadows, like, thousand years of darkness type of stuff. Like, this is, like, we're, like, five minutes away from Three Mile Island. Like, the minutes to midnight factor right here. The doomsday clock is getting, like, I wouldn't say doomsday clock, but, like, the next shitty reality is around the corner. I mean, mankind has proved that, like, we are a cockroach at this point, and we will figure out how to survive just about anything, including the kitchen sink that you throw at us. But, man, do we really have to make it harder to breathe? So, you know, hopefully these things will be protected as uh, Katanji Brown Jackson moves into Supreme Court. Uh, Stephen Breyer finally retiring. But, uh, you know, another, I don't know, happy news, I guess. Uh, it's weird. You know, the continent's a crazy place right now. You know, there is no end in sight for the great resignation. Um, and I kind of say, I have to say, I'm, I'm proud of America for that. Um, you really need to stand up for your job and what you pay for. Most people don't realize that uh, productivity in America is up 80% since the first plateau of 
um, minimum wage. So that, that's the gap. You're working 80% harder than the people who are shitting you and saying you haven't earned it yet. So the next time somebody wants to talk to you about, like, workload and earning things, um, just remind them that, uh, by and large, American productivity is up 80% since the 70s. So uh, we're due for a pay raise since then. Also, like, you know, you should look at when you go and interview with a company, like, how much money they make. Find out how much money they make because then you won't be so disappointed when they offer you a little or you can be pissed when they offer you too little. Or you should also make sure to check out things like Glassdoor and find out like how much someone gets paid at that job. Because here's the other thing, guys. It is not wrong to talk about what you're getting paid. There is actually a federal law that protects you on that. So anytime your employer tries to go, we don't talk about that like that, or you're not supposed to talk with your other staff, coworkers, or whatever, bro, talk to them. Talk to them. That is the only way. All right? That is that is one of the one of the most important regulations that Uncle Sam put in place. All right, it protects your right to take care of you and your own. You want to make the right buck or right amount of bucks in order to pay them bills, put food on a plate, raise them children, send them to college, blessed be whatever, and go on with your lives. Then this is one of those things. Stand up for your money and know how to stand up for your money. So the next time someone tries to go. Dip, 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 when you ask about money, keep asking about money because you're fairly protected on that one. So at least you still have the right to know what you're getting paid. Uh, just make sure to get paid the right amount. Uh, we're going to be covering uh, how much you should be getting paid in states. I'm going to start uh, rattling off a list. Uh, it's going to be kind of like a, I'd probably say the best best regularity out of it. I'd probably give a like a biannual report. So it'll probably be about every six months we'll look into this and we'll tell you what you should be earning in your neck of the woods, what you should be asking for in your raises, um, and uh, also how to have the conversation with your boss because you really need to be considering it. And, uh, you know, feel free to drop that in the DMs. Like, maybe you have a hard time interviewing. Uh, we can help you with those things. Uh, we'd love to. Uh, there's uh, plenty we got to share about that around here. Um, so with that being said, we're going to take a little itty bitty break and then we're going to wrap it out with, uh, a little pop culture talk, streaming reviews, some Hollywood gossip. All right. See you on the other side. Moving forward. Right now, a future president could be running as a local candidate on your ballot. This person is vying to represent you, your family, and your community. Do you know what they are and what they stand for? Vote411.org is your tool for accurate and unbiased, up-to-the-minute election information on the candidates running in local races. Just enter your address to get started. Your vote is your power, the power to decide who represents you in 2022 and beyond. Get online, get the facts, and make your voice heard on election day. Moving forward. All right, one more time for everybody back in the cheap seats. We're back. Um, thank you for uh, coming on a, uh, another weekly journey. 
I know I kind of dated dump a lot of stuff, and I hope you guys appreciate it. I know there's quite a few that you do, you do, you do, you do, and uh, I appreciate you. I really do. I do, I do, I do. So uh, right back at you for sending all the love. That's one of the biggest things that helps keep the show going uh, more than anything else. Uh, happy to say that, you know, like – advertising is on its way up uh, and we'll be having more than just regular PSA sponsors and you know I love Newsly oh my god thanks for being on board since the beginning bros but uh we're gonna you know there's gonna be a little more ad space but we gotta pay the bills we gotta keep the lights on uh and we're gonna make sure that it's really gonna focus on local businesses and price for local businesses uh we've also got some interesting things coming up with how we're gonna expand the message because I realize that uh, Hawaii is very analog, and so I know a few tricks about broadcasting on the AM waves. So uh, we're going to uh, uh, be starting a discovery period. Well, I kind of already have, and, I, and I've done it in a lot of cases, and uh, I will be premiering Set Thoughts at Comic-Con this year. So uh, more on that when I can talk about it. But in itself... Um, we're going to be invading the radio waves in uh, certain places of the islands. We'll disclose how we do that with modern age technology after Comic-Con. And uh, soon you'll be uh, hearing it in action, hoping to get into, uh, you know, all the important spots where, especially where people don't get internet. I feel that that like that's kind of the challenge is like I kind of want to go a little more retro with the show so we can connect with folks. There's a lot of people here on the islands that actually still rely on the radio. So I'm going to make my way to get to you. And I don't need a giant satellite dish because I know some like Johnny Mnemonic level hacks. We're going to have some fun kids. I'm going to teach you on like a dirty nerdy stem level on how to hack the great machine and be a part of it and uh, we're gonna go on a fun ride and maybe you will too in your neck of the woods wherever you're listening or maybe you will in hawaii and i'll have some competition we'll see we'll see who's listening all right um but let's talk about the fun stuff because you know what with comic-con around a bend I would love to be getting lost in some of the fun in the world, all right? Not everything in this world is something to cry about unless it's a good cry. But um, in fun news, Andrew Garfield could be swinging back on a big screen. Rumors are circulating that he's signing a contract to join the MCU again. So, come on, brothers, sisters, what you think about that? Dish on that in the comments. Uh, come back at me in the DMs, if you will. I really think that this is cool because this is like... This is really like I've much like any of the other like bros of the fandom hiding in the back of Reddit. Like for quite some time, we've been prophesizing all the lead ups to Secret Wars and with Multiverse of Madness and like the way the Cabin Falcons go in and even the way that the stuff that they're doing on the little micro shorts on the cruise ships. But like, dude, no, like all these stories, the way that they're coming together, we're, we're going to get a Secret Wars. And what better way to fight Galactus or whoever's on the other end of that Kang, you know, uh, you know, to, to to do the big fight. I think, you know, unlike Thanos, who was just like a blip and then you're like, oh, yeah, we're leading up to him. You know, he was just this end credits thing that got you excited for 10 years. At this point, it's like, oh, it's Kang. And then it's like you're going to see Kang like in the background, uh, like Loki for a little while. But then I really think he's just going to he's just going to pop up. And he's going to make some trouble. 
and more than just means of there being a statue of him there. So uh, be on the lookout on that. I really like to see if we're we're just gonna resurrect part of or all of the Garfield Spidey verse because then that means like will we get to see Jamie Fox again? Will we get to see like all those other guys again? Will will we get to go back? Or will we just like pick up where everything left off like right after that and it's just like a lot's happened and we kind of just get like a, you know, a data dump to find out where that Spidey's at, you know? And does this mean they're secretly talking to Tobey Maguire? Because he's staying in shape, you know? And that's a sign enough to me. Like Tobey Maguire was getting ready for that like pre-50 dad bod and now he's like, you know, he obviously wasn't in shape enough to do his own stunts, but like, bro... Bro, in shape enough to show up again as old man Spidey. Bro. Um, yeah, stoked about that. But uh saw the Obi-Wan finale. Guys, if you're not watching that, I know that like Disney's a back and forth conversation of are you in or aren't they like part of the oppressor? But isn't the content amazing? There's some great brothers and sisters that work in the machine. So like, I mean I even worked for the Disney machine at one point in time. So, like, I, you know, I'm just as much blame as anybody else. But it put food on the table, and it was a weird and different time. And now I'm an independent, crazy son of a bitch. And, you know, sometimes I watch me some Disney Plus because you still got to see what's going on. And you know what? Obi-Wan is what's going on. It's good. It's probably the best out of all of the throwback content. It makes me feel happy about where all the future content's going to go. Um, again, Deborah Chow, amazing Amazing, amazing job. Amazing job at that whole season. I thought that was the smartest move. Like, it was cool that, like, Mando had these, like, nuances of being, like, an homage at certain parts to other types of cinema because you had all these just, it was like, let's put Robert Rodriguez on an episode. And I love Robert Rodriguez. But, man, dude, like, the the quality, like, the general quality of, like, the season, you could go back and watch that again. Like, that's rewatchable. That's like New Hope rewatchable as far as I'm concerned. And if anybody who says otherwise, you're full of shit and you're just fanboying way too hard and you don't understand, bro. Like, that, like, I gotta say, like, I was biting into bed on how long it was gonna take for him to pick up a lightsaber. I was trying to figure out how they were going to, like, tip off at certain things and then also hold certain barriers. Like, he couldn't, there's no major relationship for him and Luke until A New Hope. So, like, he just had to be a memory to Luke. And what's more than a memory than some guy who just comes off in Eopi and hands you a freaking little ship to hang in your room, which for those of you that were paying attention, the second I saw him pull it, the first time I was like, that's the shit from Luke's room in episode four. Bro, bro. Okay, so that was a huge part. It's like, how did that get there? And then so then even more so at the fact that, I mean, I mean, I got to go back and rewatch four, but I could swear that, like, Old Ben even, like, picks it up and holds it for a second and then sets it back down as just, like, a playing with a set thing. And now just what was him fucking around on set now becomes canon because now it's like, oh, look, that's how he got it. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, other finales been watching. Uh, finally caught up on The Flash. Uh, it's been a love-hate relationship, which is really funny for the Arrowverse because, like, I didn't like the first three seasons of Arrow. And then finally Arrow got to this point of like, man, Stephen Amell could do no wrong. Diggle's the best character ever. I love the Arrowverse. And then like it got fucking 
Infinite Crisis crazy towards the end, which I was like, there had to be a show that did it because Flash wasn't going to piggyback all of that, you know, that crazy DC mythos stuff. So I thought it was cool. Uh, the only thing I wish is, is like sooner or later they need to bring Oliver Queen back as the Spectre or something. Uh, that would probably be the best. Uh, Stephen Amell, if you're listening, I know you're having fun going off and making all those other new movies and projects with your brother and stuff. But man, seeing you as the Spectre would be badass. Um, the Flash finale. Uh, dude, yeah, for those of you guys that are keeping up with the Flash, uh, I don't the the ending of last week's episode was actually like what finally got me interested again. Like for two and a half seasons, I've been kind of like blah with the flash, but I have still been like watching it when I'm sitting on a plane or like I'll download some episodes and like, you know, watch it on, you know, sitting in transpo on my way to set or something like that. And I'll be like, okay, I'll just watch a couple of episodes, you know, or like I have some downtime before bed. And so I finally caught up with flash to the point to where I got to see the finale when the finale came out. So I can report to you and say like, it finally paid out. Uh, kind of like the, uh, first three seasons of the Arrow were hard. These last three seasons, the Flash have been hard, and there's finally like a bit of a payout with it. Last week's payout was the fact that like, how do you get Barry's Thawne to take back over after they had interestingly enough salted in classic Eobard that had been like Legion of Doom Eobard and even like cut him a new life. It, well new eternity in dc's legends of tomorrow which is that was actually pretty good to a degree but i'm sad that they got canceled man so many things got canceled legends was the only thing that was holding it together for the longest time i thought for as far out and wacky as it was it was probably the better of them after arrow died it was kind of keeping it alive and i did like their meta factor of we don't do crossovers anymore which was like i was kind of sad for that but at the same time i was just like he we laugh about it like and that's a great dc way of getting over things um but uh yeah so barry's eobard ripping through legion of doom eobard's body and ripping his face apart that that was crazy that was super crazy um so that that kind of like all right you have my attention flash all right are we gonna finally do it justice uh the only thing that really got my jollies off on the finale was we finally got to see jay garrick again so like but as old man jay garrick so now he's reporting in from you know 2049 or whatever so I, I think that's kind of cool. And I think that's leading to the fact that like the end of the episode had this little hint of, you know, 2049. So like, are we going to do like the last season of Arrow and just flip all the way ahead in time like they did and then come back and hopefully that gets it a couple more seasons? Uh, don't know. Uh, I kind of hope they go to the future, though. That's kind of like their best ticket right now is going to the future. Like we kind of need to leave like present time Central City alone. So it would be kind of cool to just like maybe even just skip to that age and we don't even have to. Or maybe we just get a couple episodes like where's Wally? Huh? Would love to see Wally. Uh, Wally and Jay. Just give me more Wally and Jay and I'd be happier. Uh, I think the the formula of like how things are solved every episode have gotten way too like boringly episodic so i think that they they need they need a longer arc that's actually going to make sense because i think a lot of this like last minute stuck in a time stone damien dark monologuing again which smart fix there writers 
uh, Damien Dark has been like your number one bailout. And I can see why. Like, you can only use so much. So um, I'm more stoked about the Superman finale, though. Um, this season has been nuts. Like, they did Bizarro. And it was, you know, Tyler Hoechlin was like, it's going to be the best. And I'm like, I don't know. Because, uh, you know, uh, Shiny Batman said that his Batman was the best Batman since uh, Mask of the Phantasm. And I didn't agree with that. But... Uh, I do agree with Mr. Hoechlin in saying that this was a badass season of Superman and Lois. So those of you who haven't been watching, this is the only show that I've managed in my schedule to keep up with as it drops every time. Okay? They know what they're doing on Superman and Lois. It's legit. Uh, too legit to quit. Hey. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So the finale we just got out of, like, uh, they upgraded Parasite. And she was going to merge uh, Bizarro Earth or Hitra with regular Earth. And there was going to be like this round square thing put together. And then like he straight up pulled a Christopher Reeves Superman and uh, did a supercharged spin around the Earth as it was conglomerated with Bizarro Earth. And he split them back apart and sent everybody back to their dimensions. But it also leads me to believe that there's got to be something coming back sooner or later in the end of the Flash and whatever's on the end of the horizon for um, Superman and Lois because, like, they've got to reopen the multiverse. Like, DC's constantly aware of the multiverse still existing, but then, like, the CW-verse flat out killed its connection to the multiverse. So is it, like, and killed some of the multiverses and just said they were dead you know, which some obviously weren't dead. So, like, I thought for a moment that was, like, the Arrowverse saying that there was going to be a great reset, and then it just failed to launch. So now I'm just wondering, like, when are we going to bring back the multiverse? How are we going to bring it back? Are some of those people going to stay on Earth Prime, et cetera, et cetera? But, uh, yeah, uh, we shall see. Um, back to the Disney Plus side, well, and the Marvel side of things. Miss Marvel uh, finally caught up with that. Uh, it's pretty damn good. I got to say that the the way that they're wrapping in her mythos uh, and the way that she's going to spring in as, like, a young Avenger one day, like, I think it's cool. Like, I mean, she's at a point right now where she just barely put together her, like, on the streets of Pakistan outfit, which is kind of cool. She hasn't gotten her full, full Miss Marvel outfit that we saw in the posters. So she's still got a bit of training wheels to go, but she's got powers together a little bit so i can't wait until she sees like bigger like changes to her power usage but it's looking good and totally worth it so check it out uh star trek strange new worlds i think there's a couple more episodes left in the season but i've been making some time for that uh and dude loving it loving it love love loving it um latest episodes there was some kind of fan backlash uh, on the episode where they like they went into the the storybook, and I thought that was kind of sad that people down that because that was total TOS. Like they did a TOS style episode, like even better. And then they covered like a hard subject, like how do you like let someone go, you know? And then like they even led to the possibility of there being like life after death by explaining that that nebula was actually like a brain and not just a cloud of dust you know so like i thought that was cool but like last week's uh, this last week's episode of strange new worlds man just like oh 
they killed one of my favorite characters. You're going to have to see who it is if you haven't seen it yet. I won't overly spoil that one, but, like, they kill a few people in this episode. Uh, but it had to start happening sooner or later. Like, that's the thing is, like, how many of these people don't exist on the Enterprise when Kirk takes over? So, like, you've got Kirk's older brother on there. So, like, he's got to leave the ship sooner or later. But then, like, him and Spock have to become bros. So then that way Spock wants to be bros with uh, James Kirk, you know? Um, so like, it's, it's, it's sad. Like they're really just doing a good job of making you love some of these characters and then go, nah, uh, uh, remember they're either going to get booted off the ship, killed off the ship or explained away and you'll never see them again because they don't belong on the ship in the rest of the timeline. So speaking of timelines, uh, time traveler's wife, uh, I, uh, binged that, uh, a couple weekends ago and I really, I didn't know if I was going to, like, state an opinion on air about it, other than the fact that, like, I liked it. Uh, it is, like, an, a huge upgrade from the movie. Check it out. Stephen Moffat did an amazing job. Uh, you know, people have their thoughts about Moffat because of uh, set effects on uh, Doctor Who, but frankly, I felt that Moffat was one of the best choices for Time Traveler's Wife, but sadly, it was canceled. So, uh you know, for those of you people that like to start silly petitions, I totally support that silly petition. But um, what else? What else has been going on? Oh, I did fit in a little video game this week on my Xbox Game Pass because I was able to, like, I found out you could play this game in less than an hour. But, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, totally worth it. You could play it as one person or you could play it with six locally on your Xbox or PC or remotely uh, cross-playing with other people. Uh, it's totally worth it. It really like, it's just like the classic eighties and nineties arcade games. Uh, I kind of wish I had like an arcade to like stand at and play it with some people, uh, might have to make me like a, uh, raspberry Pi rig just to do that or something, but, uh, totally worth it. Worth the hour of escape, worth the hour of escape with your friends. Easily a game you can play with your kids. If your kids are into video games and you grew up on video games, then this is the best meet in the middle. I have to say that like it had some really good nods to the very first NES TMNT game in the way that the map operates. Uh, it play style was a lot like uh, Turtles in Time, the arcade version and the Super Nintendo version. Uh, it was also reminiscent of Hyperstone Heist, which was on Sega Genesis, which that was my all-time favorite. So, like, from someone who's been a TMNT fan since uh, Inception, this one was, I was glad to have some time to put aside to that. Uh, so, fit some time in with your family, and if y'all like video games, uh, get your Game Pass on on Xbox and play uh, TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Uh, one last thing before we leave you this week, folks. Um, a uh, beloved, beloved, beloved uh, listener to the show has sent us a tribute to Flat Earth Dave. And I thought this would be a fitting way to check in and talk about, you know, it's coming soon. I get to talk to him right before I, I, I go to Comic-Con. So we might, we might just unveil him with the Comic-Con episode. So, um, so, yeah. So this is a two-part poem that was first published in Poetry Magazine in 2006. It's by Wendy Cope, and it's called Differences of Opinion. And this was uh, sent... Part one was sent by one of our listeners, but because I, I know this poem, uh, it comes in two parts, so we have both parts for you. And this 
is our ode to Flat Earth Dave this week. He tells her. He tells her that the Earth is flat. He knows the facts, and that is that. In altercations, fierce and long, she tries her best to prove him wrong, but he has learned to argue well. He calls her arguments unsound and often asks her not to yell. She cannot win. He stands his ground. The planet goes on being round. Part two. Your mother knows. Your mother knows the Earth's a plane, and challenged sheds a martyr's tear. God give her strength to bear this pain. A child who says the world's a sphere. Challenged, she sheds a martyr's tear. It's bad to make your mother cry by telling her the world's a sphere. It's very bad to tell a lie. It's bad to make your mother cry. It's bad to think your mother odd. It's very bad to tell a lie. All this has been ordained by God. It's bad to think your mother odd. The world is round. That's also true. All this has been ordained by God. It's hard to see what you can do. The world is round. That must be true. She's praying, hoping you will change. It's hard to see what you can do. Already people find you strange. She's praying, hoping you will change. You're difficult. You don't fit in. Already people find you strange. You know your anger is a sin. You're difficult. You don't fit in. God give her strength to bear this pain. You know your anger is a sin. Your mother knows the earth's a plane. And that's for you, Flat Earth Dave. And thank you, everyone, for listening again this week and all weeks. I uh, appreciate you every day, all day. And uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Aloha. Rabbit Holes is a Manavacal production. This episode was produced by Kavika Hoke and Sarah Rodriguez. Make sure to subscribe and follow on your favorite podcast platforms to add our weekly episodes to your queue.